This is Kevin Conroy, the voice of Batman. You're watching The Dorkening. Stay tuned. Look, up in the sky, it's a bird! It's a plane! mission to fight injustice, to right that which is wrong, and to serve all mankind. I can't get over this. So the only thing left to say, of course, is the one obvious thing. Excelsior! Everyone thinks because you're a zombie, you don't know good coffee. Well, they're wrong. There's only one brew that gets my seal of approval. Deadly Grounds coffee is my guilty pleasure. The aroma is so intoxicating. It brings all of my neighbors out of the woodwork. Deadly Grounds coffee. Coffee to die for and zombie approved. It's good to get a little deadly. Use the front door! Oh, they're so disgusting. Oh, and I hit the wrong button, damn it. <laughs> hey, uh, I know. Happy Tuesday, everybody. You're watching Splash Pages. My name's Leo. I'm the monkey behind the keyboard here. We have a most amazing, amazing guest tonight. So uh, he's been in the movie Night and Day. He has a brand new movie, Swap Me Baby, which you can see right now. Totally, uh, you know, we'll, we'll tell you more about it. It's on VOD right now. And uh, he's been in shows like CSI, Arrested Development, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. But you definitely know him from Hawkman, uh, as Hawkman from Legends of Tomorrow. And we bring you Val Kenschel. How's it going, sir? Going really, really well. Thanks for having me. Hey, thanks for coming on. Did I totally destroy your name or did I get it? Uh, perfect. Awesome. Nicely done. Uh, we also have Velvet Joker. How's it going, bud? Good evening, guys. Hey, you know what it is. It's another Tuesday night here on the award-winning Splash Pages, a comic book club podcast. And here I am here. And we've got Hank, tonight, I mean, uh, Falk tonight. And uh, that's super exciting. And uh, we have a great comic by uh, Carlos Pacheco that we're going to talk about. And of course, we're going to talk carlos tonight and we're going to talk about kevin conroy we're gonna have a great show looking forward to it what what how you doing drew i didn't oh, glitch no. i just wanted to point this out so. um i'm doing well we have a wonderful guest we're probably going to ask some dancing tips considering his history um you know he's he's been a hero he's been a villain he's been a writer he's been a, a, a producer he's been a director He's done a lot of stuff. So we don't know how long we have him for, so we're going to make the most of the time. And on to the show. Yeah. Here we go. So at the uh, top of the uh, intro, I mentioned Swami Baby, which is out right now. How can people see it? Right now, it's it's everywhere. It's on Amazon, iTunes. You can get it on Tubi. Um, yeah. You want to see it with ads, support it that way. All over the place. Awesome. I'm going to play the trailer really quick. It looks hilarious, but here we go. Sweet. Nice. How did this happen? Uh, he's, um... We had the sex. He's an escort. The condom broke. <laughs> Wait, you paid for this? I mean, no offense. Oh, none taken. I have something that could help you. Spend the weekend here. Trust me. Welcome to the Baby Making Podcast. I really need you to listen to this. 
Something to consider, breast milk isn't vegan. Come on. I'm doing all of this for our baby. So am I. Taking mushrooms is not planned for a baby, Felipe. You must work together. I can't keep doing these stupid challenges. I would like my body back. Forget all that. Enjoy the moment. All I ever try to do is figure out what to do, and I still don't know what I'm doing ever. Nobody knows what they're doing. No matter how crazy things are around you, it's all gonna be okay. We are something more than. Get it off! Ah, no, don't no. flap it like that! <laughs> oh, geez. You can watch that for free right now on Tubi if you want to watch it and uh, support it with ads, as we know, definitely support indie films. And uh, so, uh, wow. Totally. It's, so, almost so like, it's almost like playing Hawkman. You know, I don't see a big difference between the characters. <laughs> so, obviously, it's a comedic love story. Yeah. Yeah, it's a good old-fashioned body swap yeah. concept. Nice. Now, now, Falk is less wings. Were you just the actor in this? Because we know that you've been a writer and a producer as well. I conceptualized the story with the team, with with uh, the original director who we lost three weeks prior to shooting, and the writer Jesse Lumen. And then Jesse went off and and wrote the script, and I I produced it with him. But um, yeah, I just I just uh, story by on this one. Awesome, man. Mm -hmm. Now, is, cool. is is this the first time that you've done a project of this nature before? Okay. Yeah, I was. It was my first produced feature, feature film. I've done a lot of shorts and proof of concepts for films we were trying to raise money for, but this was the first feature that came together, and also the first real endeavor into broad comedy mm -hmm. like that, or any any sort of comedy. I had the hair, I had the mustache, and you know, I was like. Let's let's go for it. Let's do something with it. Um, yeah. And so what is the, what has the reception been thus far? Critically, I think we're still like on well, tomato. It was like in the seventies or something like that, high seventies. Okay. And uh, business wise, it's hard to tell these days with distribution because it's still out. We're still in our in our overall That's run. But people people love love the film so far. You know people seem to feel about the film how we felt when we made it lots of fun uh it's me and my partner she was actually present so lots of love um there between us and it seems like that kind of translates and people enjoy it awesome very cool very excited for you congratulations thank you, thank you so much 
Yeah. Absolutely. And obviously, we were all laughing at the end yeah. of the trailer. So you get the reaction <laughs> you want. And it certainly made me want to go out and see it. Hey, good. Go check it out. It's, re it's a really fun date night movie, especially if you have kids or if you're expecting. I think it's uh, uh, it elevates the experience. <laughs> Absolutely. And for those who don't know, uh, Tubi is a free service that you can find online, download it on your phone or on your smart TV. Um, and you should definitely check out this movie. It looks super fun. Absolutely. Everybody should have Tubi because that's I did not know that. Great right? service. Go for it, Drew. Go I for didn't it. know anything about it, so I've learned. I, I, I honestly, please tell me you guys can hear me. We yeah. can hear you, yeah. Go oh, for it, God. I keep feeling like I'm glitching. Okay, no, I was <laughs> saying I have no idea what this was, so I've learned something today. It's great. Absolutely. So, uh, Fal, going back to the earlier part of your career, you started off in entertainment as a dancer. Yeah. And uh, I guess eventually you ended up becoming a backup dancer for some pretty amazing um, artists of uh, different calibers and uh, different genres. Uh, what was your favorite experience or slash um, experience with the artist? Because I'm, I'm sure some you liked and some you probably didn't like so much. Yeah, I, I think one of the, the, the most fun I had was uh, backup dancing for an artist named Jamelia. She was in the UK artist. Her big hit there was called Superstar. Earlier on, late 90s, early 2000s, she had a hit called Money. R&B artist. And she was opening for Justin Timberlake's first solo tour when Justin did Justified. Okay. And so the fun there was we got to perform on that stage. You know, so we had the London Arena, uh, you know, however many thousands of people go in there. And I got to watch Justin's performance live 32 times in a row. And his show was great. That was a wonderful show. And to be a part of that was just really, really fun. And also open up the idea of maybe go to LA, you know, the choreographer and the dancers, I got to hang out with them. And they were like, if you want to take this international, come out to LA. And that was sort of the beginning of that. I finished that tour, packed up my bags in London. I was living in London at the time went home, told my parents, all right, I'm headed to a little further away. And I moved to LA. And then once I landed in LA, I kept dancing. That helped me with my green card or my, my visa uh, financially. And I, on the side, then uh, basically created a little conservatory. I took acting classes every day, four or five hours for like three, four years, and then continued to, to study while, while I was in Los Angeles. Awesome. Slowly building your career. Mm-hmm. And uh, obviously, we, we always know that you uh, you were Hawkman um, on Legends of Tomorrow. And uh, it, it, it's rumored that maybe it wasn't the best experience for you. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't. It wasn't. I wouldn't leave it at that. I would say it was very challenging. Um, okay. And I had a lot of good experiences on it as well. I didn't have a particularly like bad experience. Like everybody was really nice to me. There was no drama with any of the cast or the showrunners or producers. Um, it was it was good. It was the way that Hawkman was portrayed and what kind of emphasis landed on him and Hawkgirl, actually, that I just had different ideas. I had probably, you know, selfishly wanted more. You know, I thought mm -hmm. Hawkman Carter Hall was such a fascinating character with all these lifetimes mm -hmm. with, you know, millennia lived. Um, and I felt I'd never got to tap into the human mm -hmm. aspect 
of Carter Hall. Okay. Because his power of reincarnation, aside from the strength, aside from all that stuff, you know, how did that affect the man? You know, the father. We touched on it, but like right. losing your children again and again, losing that again and again. What kind of, I, I wanted him to have a lot more sense of a dark humor. Okay. You know, I, I, some of that came through in Flash. Uh, did you did you do more did you did you do your research into it before then or were you already a Hawkman did, fan? No, I, I did the research. I knew Hawkman. I was a fan of the premise of him and I looked at the comics. And that that was probably also to be honest with the fans. I I felt the comic itself was about a really angry, muscular guy that was strong and that I never found those nuggets of humanity in the comics. It was just not focused upon, you know, the vulnerability of that. Mm -hmm. And so I very consciously was like, well, there's only so much I can do about the appearance. I did my best. And I didn't want to just kind of like grit my teeth and have a deep voice and just kind of swing the mace. And so I kind of just freestyled on, well, if I had been around and they, they did have the scene in the audition that I loved where Hawkman basically challenges Rip Hunter and is like, well, I'm clearly leading this show because I fought next to Alexander the Great. And then I also was, you know, friends with Genghis Khan or whatever. Mm -hmm. um, I don't know what exactly the scene was, but he was just like, all right, that's settled. Like, what are you going to do about a human? You know, mm -hmm. there was this element of fighting for leadership. And as you see in the show, that's not at all what we did. You know, Hawkman comes in and he follows and he does his thing. And I just felt like, no right you know and it it wasn't an ego thing i didn't want more screen time or i take my own show that would have been really fun but it was the love for that character and the truth of like yeah sorry guys but you ain't got nothing on this dude and even if you do he'll be born again you won't you know right. so there was this arrogance to it and this like you know i called him the uncle of society because he's been with humanity all this time and he's watched it He's done, seen it again and again. We're repeating history. So he's kind of like, eh, you know, um, and at the same time, all the hurt that a man like that has to put somewhere. Interesting. You know, insecurity. I just, we just didn't have the time. So that's the experience of a young and actor that finally gets a big break. It's a hot, it's hot, man. It's supposed to change your career. And so I was like, let's go and let's have flashbacks to medieval times on horseback and let have the mace should be a little bigger. And when I punch somebody, they got to go flying, you know, and we didn't, you know, that was not what the show was. Right. It was the WB. There was just so much that they were willing to do, I guess. Yeah, they had a lot of, a lot of superheroes and not for that, you know, they had a good budget, but it, yeah. it's a lot that they had to accomplish. And I think they did really well, you know, so it's not saying that they didn't do good and it took a turn, as you guys know, mm -hmm. you know, the show changed. And I think and, that new tone was great. Um, mm -hmm. And was it always the plan for you just to do the eight episodes? It wasn't even that. The plan was two episodes. It was like, let's kill him and that's it. And then yeah. and then it was it started to become clear that there was going to be flashbacks and all that. And then we came back and did more. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think the original idea, and don't quote me on this, but... I think it was supposed to become a Hawkman Hawkgirl thing. Well, that's how it all started. They were mm -hmm. kind of the crux of the the show. And mm -hmm. then it turned more into Guardians of the Galaxy. Mm -hmm. Right. And it was the first season, as it's, as you can tell, it's just right. like that's a different show. 
right? Yeah, Second was trying to find the beat, and then third, I think, yeah. is when it started to go ludicrous in a good way. You know, and the, the first when I came yeah. back on on the hundredth episode, I was like, "What are you guys doing? Like, I don't understand at all." Okay, tell me where to stand and what to do, and I'll do it. <laughs> <laughs> I hear you. Right now, uh, op opposed yeah. to um, working as Hawkman, you, you did worked one episode of Agents of Shield. I was just curious, from the business perspective of working with uh, DC versus working with Marvel, any pluses or minuses in either direction? And, and again, not from the acting perspective, more from the background, the business perspective. No, I mean, the biggest difference was Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. was a running ship that I came on to. I got it offered. It was a casting director I've auditioned for a lot. And I actually auditioned for the for a different role, a scientist role, a Russian scientist, which I clearly wasn't right for. But after that audition, they were like, do you want to do Marcus Galati? And I was like, e yeah. So that's nice to just be like, great, thanks. Um, and then, yeah, the ship was going and they had figured it out and it was smooth and they knew what the show was. They knew where I fit in. I had my role to play. Mm -hmm. um, Similar thing though, you know, I didn't know I was like, this is a pretty, if, if I was producing, I'm like, this is a good bad guy. Um, and so there was this like, am I going to come back? Are they going to do something with this? Um, and then DC just, they started writing that thing based on that pitch. There was a pitch video of it, like a 10 minute pitch of the team coming together. Hawkman wasn't part of it yet. And then they got greenlit and they, you know, didn't have much to go on. So they were, mm -hmm. they were going fast with development, figuring out what it is and what it was. And, and I came in, I requested a meeting after I got the job because it was all hush hush. I wasn't like, is, am I a serious regular? What's happening? And I wanted to sort of know what is my role and here are my idea, all, everything I told you about what I'm excited about. I was going to be like, yeah, what do you think about this? And then we can do this. And like, you know, is he reborn as like a, a man every time? Is he like, you know, like what, what are the rules that you guys are laying down all this stuff. And in that meeting, um, it was clear, you know, I came in with all this fire and both Mark and Phil bless their hearts love them. Um, it was just so busy and they took the time to meet me and both of them were like, what do you need? Like, we're, we're really busy. Like, what do you not, <laughs> you know, can we get to set and shoot it? Like we need to write. And uh, so I was like, okay, there's there's a lot going on here, and I'm not that high on the on the totem pole to to shower people with my ideas. <laughs> well, which led you to today, which now you're doing all your ideas, which is awesome. Yeah, yeah, that's the thing. I've always been as an actor. It's always been tricky for me because yeah. I love stories so much, and I believe that I know it fairly well now. Um, that I always want to be really involved. You know, if I see something in the script that can be improved upon, I try to, with a lot of respect, to sort of go, it's, it's my job to tell you, you know, I'm, you're, you're writing this, but I got all this time to think as the character, to feel as the character, to daydream about the character. I'm going to bring that to you. And that is sometimes not mm -hmm. desired and sometimes really, really desired. So, but it's a, it's a very, not black or white, but it's, it splits the crowd, you know, that type of, uh, passion. Yeah, very cool. And it, it, it is interesting when you, when you say like you're going on to a new developing project versus an existing ship and the, yeah. and the difference in that and different experiences. And yeah. That just helps you learn and make you better. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. 
Yeah, they were both great, great learning experiences and to be part of those, both of those universes. I was surprised that they allowed that. You know, I was like, are you sure? Right. <laughs> you know, but then everybody's doing it. So I was like, okay. Nice. Well, I don't want to mon monopolize you anymore. Let me pass you off to my, my so, cohorts. Yeah, I know Drew was chomping out the bit. Go for it, Drew. Did we lose Drew? <laughs> or, or, I'm, I'm amazed that oh, he's just... Oh, you're not monopolizing anything. I just, for some reason, keep thinking I'm glitching. So, you know, I'm just listening and hoping that that you can all hear me. So this is fine. Yeah, we hear you. Go for it, Drew. So that, that's me. Can you hear me? I'm I'm okay. I'm just okay. I'm just I'm just making sure because that's why I've been yep, quiet yep. the whole time because the screens Absolutely. keep popping in and out, and I'm like, this is the one day this has to end. What a horrible first impression. Um, All right. I no. did ask one career book. Uh, um, I saw that when looking up your 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 history, that one of your first roles was you in a Arrested Development. You yep. played, I think, uh, like in two thousand five, you were a hot cop. Hot cop J. I wanted to ask how that was one of my favorite shows. So to find out that you, yeah. What was that like, like auditioning for that and being a part of that show for just a minute? Yeah, that was another one. I didn't audition for it, I believe. I just, uh, I think I got the offer because it was heavily based on dancing, dance skills. So my dance agent got me the job and then we had to sing and then there was acting involved. Uh, you know, not much. I think I had a line or two. Um, but it was, that was my first, yeah, I think this was my first Hollywood credit and job and it was odd because you know you move i come here from mm -hmm. europe from germany and you you're like i can't wait to be on the sets with the dollies and the this and the that and the toys and i come on set and there's a dude with a little camcorder right a little camera handheld a sound guy and we're just kind of like running around the street like we did with our short films because that was the style of arrested development mm -hmm. and so that was funny and then it was just that also made it just like fun because it was like, yeah, ha have a blast. And it was comedy. Um, they shaved me to look younger than they realized. I was like, I'm going to look really young. And they were like, oh, no, paint a beard on him. Like they took my actual beard away and then painted uh, a very badly painted beard on it, but which made it more funny. And the best mm -hmm. part of that was going up in South Central uh, or Crenshaw, I think in the hood dressed up like West Side Story all these extras where I'm like not 100% sure are they all extras or some people just showing up on set the toughest mother effers I've ever seen just staring me down like yo what's what's up what's she doing here you know like and I was like oh no I'm gonna have to sing hey bloods and cribs there's a new gang in town we shoot with our hips and we step with our frowns we call the queen Mary coming here about sounds and I was terrified in the best way possible and yeah they were there watching us do that thing and then we get shot um it was it was wonderful too fast and I, I got offered to come back for the film uh, I couldn't make it work we just because I was shooting something else but you know they brought him back in the movie and uh yeah I'm bummed I didn't get to do that that was a fun crew that was a really fun creative artistic crew
and cast. Nice. Did uh, during that? Did you and, have okay, uh, awesome. any? No. <laughs> uh, did you have any time with uh, uh, or did you have a chance to meet J like Jason Bateman or uh, just kidding? Oh, he's gonna bounce back in, he's probably just reloading. Yeah, Drew. It's all um... good. Boy, the guy's got a sense of comedy yeah. for sure. <laughs> Love it. Yeah, you, you, we definitely didn't see that in Hawkman file. No, we didn't. And I wish when I came back for the hundredth episode, and then I answer your question. Don't forget it. Um, that was part of what I was looking forward to. I had this long curly hair still and the mustache, and I left it on because a, I, I felt like okay, it's the hundredth episode. I read the script; it was all different. Uh, Firestorm had a different accent. <laughs> the show seems to be cool with going crazy. And I sent a picture to Phil on the balcony, like with my mustache and my hair. And I was like, yo, can we just change Hawkman a little bit? Like, like he's been gone. Right. And unfortunately, you know, it's supposed to be a memory of who we were. Mm -hmm. um, but then I pitched it again with the, with the, I have a picture of me um, in the costume mm -hmm. uh, with the long hair. And, um, yeah, and then also the performances. I, I went pretty big on that. What you see in the show is not the biggest comedy take I've given them on all that. Um, so that was fun. But back to your question, what were we gonna? What did you ask first? Oh, I, I was just wondering if you had any time with uh, Jason Bateman while you're on. Oh, no, I wish, I wish, especially his career tra trajectory now, like directing and producing. Like he seems like a cool dude to to get to know. Yeah, he. I love his stuff and he just seems like, you know, he would be just one of those like, you know, really down to earth, nice people. If you had ever had a did you see the gift. Uh, yes. Yeah. I thought he did a great job on that. I love Joel Edgerton and yeah, he's good. He's really, really good. Did, uh, did you watch Ozark? No, I, I, I checked in, I watched the pilot and then just didn't get to it. Um, but pilot was good and everybody loved it. So uh, another question I had is I also I was a fan of CSI for a while. And I saw that you in 2011 were on an episode uh, with Justin Bieber. With the beeps. That's right. The beeps. So what was that like? Because it's funny because I stopped watching the show long uh, before. I mean, I used to collect the whole thing and I just stopped. I, I don't know. It just, you know, like you just kind of be like, I'm, I'm going to take a break. And that break becomes a hiatus and the hiatus becomes years later. Um, and then I just remember, cause there was like a meme of him getting shot down and everybody making it a really big joke. What was it like working on the episode? Did you like working with him? I guess. I mean, that, yeah, and he was at his height. I mean, he was huge and he was a kid still. Right. right. I think still, yeah, you still had a minder and you know, but he was about to, I will never forget this. We were sitting in the car getting ready for the scene. And, and we got along. He was he was good to me. Um, mm -hmm. But there was this energy of like Justin Bieber's on set, you know, like, how's that going to go? Um, yeah. I, I I don't know how any of that was for people. But for me personally, sitting in the car with him and we're just shooting the shit. And I asked him, I was like, dude, what are you what's your dreams? Like, what do you you're so young? You've done all this. Like, what are you going to do now? And he goes, 
I mean, I'd really like to win a Grammy, you know? And then he wins the Grammy two days later or like a week later. And I'm mm -hmm. just thinking, he's 16 years old and he just fulfilled all his creative dreams. What the fuck? Like, what does that do to somebody? And so he was just fascinating to work with to just, it's just this kid, you know, a little, little bratty, but like in the way that he should be at that age, but with a lot of power. Well, that was a great story. Thanks, man. I'm going to open this now because I feel that story. Because so, what, what, what do you mean? Well, because that definitely made me a little, a little, little depressed. Because you're right. I was thinking the same thing. 16, he does all this. God damn, that's right. Oh boy, I, I'm a little depressed now. So I'm just going to drink. And so, yeah, and like seeing him also just deal with it, you know, being that big at 16 or 17. Mm -hmm. And then what happened later to him in, in Hollywood and just like in the tabloids, I'm like, this poor kid, man. In general, like child stardom and success is nothing I wish upon anybody. You know, yeah. strong, great parents and a strong personality to recover from that, you know, because totally we, we bring him up and when we tear him apart, um, he, he was good. He signed my script and he doodled oh. in the script. Um, the doodles were very funny and immature. I won't say what they were, but I still yeah. have them. Like, <laughs> you got that one of a kind, you know, Bieber doodled script. There you go. You know, things you never thought you'd say in your life. And I gave it my my um, my dad's wife's daughter. That's who it was for. Mm -hmm. and, uh, she she found it later and was like, "What is this?" And I was like, "Well, frame it." <laughs> <laughs> that's pretty accurate a nice shadow box for it am i right um I, and it's uh, uh now that i have the signal i feel like i can actually talk uh so another thing i i wanted to bring up is you brought up uh that that you were somewhat familiar with the character and whatnot so did you ever have moments when you were working on like legends or arrow or flash you're like oh this is very comic booky like i know there was one or two scenes where you're arguing with the Green Arrow, and in the comics, you know, the Green Arrow and and um, Hawkman are very much opposites. Like Green Arrow is a liberal, and you're a staunch conservative. So you guys get in fights a lot. Did you sometimes feel like, oh, this is kind of comic-y? You're like, okay, cool. This is in the script. I'm just gonna gonna go with this. Um, comic-y in what way? By the way, I should have researched this. Like, I didn't know that. That is a really cool fact. I didn't know. That I wish mm -hmm. I had. I don't know if I would have done it. Maybe. Yeah. You okay. know? Um, no. Like, you like what I mean by like is like, were there any moments that I mean, you're somewhat familiar with the character, like you said, you you read enough, so yeah. you knew who the character was. It wasn't like I was like, yeah, he's a man, he's got wings, he flies, right. reborn, cool, whatever. Right. You know, you didn't just wing it. You did a little research, <laughs> but like, were there any moments like, oh, this is kind of you know, this kind of like in the book, like, you know. <laughs> I think so. I think in general, the DC universe is like the right format for comic books. It seems very comic book, right? Mm -hmm. A little tongue in cheek, mm -hmm. you know, not too dark, but goes dark. You know, Arrow specifically, Arrow, I feel like has the darkest tone, you know, yeah. Flash has the, has the lightest tone and Legends, <laughs> Legends had different tones. Yeah, they went wacky. They went many tones. 
but yeah, I, I think they, they, they do a good, really good job at staying true to that. Mm-hmm. Okay. Tell. Okay. Yeah. Cool, 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 cool. Um, I think I was on two other things. I'm trying to think of this. Oh, um, Another thing, you uh, kind of around the same time that you had done uh, CSI, you also worked with uh, Kira Sedgwick on The Closer. Yeah. You were uh, uh, Richard Conway or something Richard like that? Richard Conway, yeah. Yeah. What was that like? That was, till today, one of my favorite characters. Um, that started to, the audition of it started where it was interesting. I, you know, it's a, for those of you that haven't seen it, it's, um, um, being interrogated or bringing, being brought out of jail. I had killed somebody with a um, carpet cutter for 50 bucks at an ATM because I needed a fix. And that put me away. But I have some information about the case. And so they bring me out of my cell. Mm-hmm. And the scene is just that. It's just Kira and Corey, Corey Reynolds interviewing me. Mm-hmm. And he was just describing what happened in the audition. And I just, for some reason... Um, you know, I was like, fuck, like that sucks. And I broke down crying in the scene. You know, I just felt the remorse of like, I took somebody from his children. Oh, wow. Bucks. And I was like, you know, it was 195 pounds shaved head at the time. And I was like, this isn't going to go well. That's not what they're looking for. Um, but they did. And the director um, really wanted to preserve that. And it was the nicest process I've ever been offered on a TV show because he said, look, like we're going to cover you first. If you want to go to close-ups first, whatever we need to preserve this performance, because we know it's kind of delicate. And in the meantime, I'm going, fuck, I hope I can do that again. You know, whenever as a man, you have these vulnerable scenes where you got to break down, you know, it's like, mm-hmm. that. Um, so it was a lo- as an actor, it was like the most coddled emotionally I've ever been. The loveliest, mm-hmm. Kira is great. Um, and Kira, um, Funny enough, too, I was choreographing for her nephew, um, George Duca, who was an artist in Canada. So there was Mm -hmm. all that connection there that was like serendipitous. And Corey was a wonderful person. We stayed in touch long after the show. I hope he's doing well. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, that was a really lovely experience for a one-day guest star, you know? Okay. Very cool. So uh, the last question I have is is a purely silly one, which sometimes are the best. So, you know, your career was a lot of dancing. You've worked a lot of musicians and whatnot. Um, you just, you know, just have random dance parties. You just put on a tune and you start grooving, you know. And if you do, what are, what are, what are, what are, what are the, the hawk jams? You know, what are, you know, what, what are, what, what's, what are you dancing to these days? <laughs> these days, probably old school R&B still. Um, oh. You have to imagine. So when I came to the States, I had somewhat of an accent that probably talked like this, like this, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but I lived in across from the millennium. So, you know, it wasn't the hood anymore. But you know, I grew up in the dance world. My right. English, my Americanism, who I am. You know, I was like, I was like, "What's up, dog? How you doing?" You know, like just a bit, a bit street or whatever you want to call it. And mm-hmm. and uh, so my whole influence was Usher, Missy Elliott. Um, okay that world so that's what i would probably be jamming to right now still old school r&b okay nothing wrong with that you know 
And I had one more for you, Falk. Um, you know, in 2013 to 14, you were in three big budget movies in a row, Transcendence, Extraction, and White House Down. Mm. I'm sure you enjoyed different things from all three, but if you had to pick one, which one was your most enjoyable experience and why? Extraction actually was a fairly low budget film. That was a million, oh. I think. It was a crackle. Okay. There, is, there is the Chris Hemsworth one that... Um, they did a few years ago, completely different film for Netflix. But um, I mean, White House Down, yeah, most money ever. I think I've been involved in. I think it was officially 160, but it seemed more like 200. Um, Channing Tatum, you know, biggest star of that time. Jamie Fox. So it's just like a massive juggernaut. We had a the White House completely rebuilt. You know, we had a sound stage that was the White House. We had a bubble outside on a lawn with the entire front of the white house rebuilt we had the beast i mean just toy land for an actor you know right all the weapons that bad guys have all the fighting all the exploding i get to shoot it's just candy store candy store and the pressure of it was you know not as bad as on other projects like roland was really easy to work with really fun I worked mm -hmm. with Jason Clark mostly. We were really close and, and, and liked each other. So, you know, it was easy enough of a character. I didn't really carry a plot or a story, but had some stuff to do and was in the whole film. Uh, Jamie Foxx was hilarious. I loved listening to his rants and stories on set. Um, and again, Jamie Foxx actually is the other funny thing. I used to choreograph to his music in the, at the Millennium. You know, mm -hmm. that is what I jammed to. Um, so that was surreal and weird. I should have brought, I should have told him that. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah. And then Transcendence was another very, like a Hawkman experience. Difficult, very difficult for me in that point in my career. It was a straight offer. I met Wally. Wally seemed really great and is a great guy. We got along. Uh, didn't have much to do with Johnny, but briefly met him. We got along. And again, <laughs> You know, I had a role that uh, drives a lot of play, like just sort of goes, here's where we're at in the story. Here's where the, the guys are like that kind of a role. Mm -hmm. So not too much to it, but a lot of screen time and a lot of with everyone. And so I was like, all right, like, do I have a relationship with Kate Morrow's character? I feel like I should be into her in a creepy way, you know, like this bad guy. And, and that would be an interesting power dynamic. I came with all these things to the first rehearsal. And I started playing and it was, again, it was like the response I got was nice. It wasn't mean or anything, but it was like, yeah, that's not what we're doing. Like <laughs> this, stand there, say your line. We're good. Right. Shut you, you up and act, kid. Shut up and act. Yeah. And then there was a lot like Ollie got upset, you know, when I, when I sometimes even moved, you know, I was holding a lookout and I was looking around and he was like, just stand still. And it was like, it was tense. It got tense. I could tell that I was not delivering or, or pleasing, I guess. Didn't mm -hmm. have the wherewithal of a seasoned actor to be like, well, let's talk it out. I don't know what your problem is. And mm -hmm. how can I help you? Right? That's what I should have done. Right. It just kind of like turned inward. And, you know, it, it was a juggernaut again in expectations. It was Wally Feister's first film. Mm -hmm. Nolan was producing it. It was an amazing script and idea. Johnny was in it. Mm -hmm. And 
Yeah, I that could have ended my career. Wow. Insecurity wise, I was really insecure after that. I was like, can I act? Like, is this right? And the saving grace on that movie was Paul Bettany. Um, yep. Kept it light, a real match, just really sweet. Mm -hmm. you know, kind of like holding up the spirit of everybody. And uh, um, but yeah, it, it was it, every time I stepped on set, I basically was just worried about whether I was going to, you know, get it right or not. And there wasn't much to get right, you know. Right. Um, and then extraction. I'm just telling you about all of them. You just wanted to hear about one of them. Yeah, it's no, all good. Tell us your story. Fine. I'm not, not going to tell you yeah. this. And extraction was the opposite. It was a super low budget. I had just done these big things. I was on Transcendence, but hadn't shot it yet. So you're elevated mm -hmm. as far as like how you're respected. It's always weird to me, but okay. Um, and this was a small project. I wasn't getting paid a lot. And I came in in the audition. I mean, I, I asked for a different role than I auditioned for, for a way bigger part. Mm -hmm. I was like, I'm really interested in that role. Um, it was my wheelhouse. I'm a martial artist, and I got to do a lot of that in there. Cool. And it was super creative. It was very like, what if, you know, what if there's some more humor here? What if we do it this way? And the director, Tony Giulio, uh, a sweetheart, cool dude, super inclusive as far as like ideas go. And I think we created a really fun character in that. I'm actually really proud of that character. Um, so yeah, all three completely, completely different experiences. Mm -hmm. All right. So I, I had one more question. Um, so I don't know if you've seen uh, Black Adam, which has, you know, a different version of, of Hawkman. What is that like when, you know, you've portrayed a character and, you know, whatnot, and you're seen as that, and then you see someone else portray the character. Do you, do you like have a Hawkman lunch where you, <laughs> you know, sit and compare notes? You know, I was like, yeah, I was doing this. Yeah, no, you could have done that. Oh, I didn't think of that. You know, do Hawkmen have brunch? Do no. Hawkmans have brunch? No, we don't. Uh, we have never met or talked or anything. Um, mm -hmm. I have not seen the movie yet, but I saw, okay. I had a weird moment driving. I was in LA last week, mm -hmm. driving around past the studio, Warner Brothers. Mm -hmm. like, I'm driving and I just see in big letters Hawkman on a marquee. And I like look up to the feet and then I saw him. Mm -hmm. I was like, that's so weird. Like that was really yeah. bizarre because I've so associated that right. myself. So I was like, ah, oh. but it looks great. I mean, like it looks badass, you know, the way they mm -hmm. made him look. Um, I think it's great that he's diverse. I mean, he's Egyptian. Did they go with the Egyptian storyline story or the other one? Leo? Uh, they didn't really cover his, uh, his history. Good. They didn't. They they didn't. Not. They did not. Well, this was a point that was one of my questions. Uh, did you guys ever see um, was that movie with Al the the AI that where he jumps time? Quantum leap. Quantum leap. Yeah. And Quantum mm -hmm. leap. You know when he like leaps and he looks in the mirror and he sees who he really is. Yep. Mm -hmm. That was a question I had for the show Legends. I was like, I'm Egyptian, right? We're cutting back to Egypt. Right. I'm not Egyptian. Yeah, uh, this, be a this doesn't this doesn't scream Egyptian. And they were like, "Oh, you know, it was all kinds of shades back then." And I, I was like, "What about a mirror thing where we can have all these other actors share the experience of Hawkman?" Right. And I'm just the conduit, and we do the quantum leap thing. And again, why? You know, I had ideas. I, I have ideas. This is who I am on set. I have ideas. <laughs> 
but no, I all I all I have with that now is I just hope they they do Hawkman justice. You know, I hope they mm -hmm. do more than smash smash bang bang. You know, this yeah. is what I have with all superhero things. I'm like, is it still a good movie if there was no powers and not a single action sequence? Uh, I would say, or for Black Adam, or or just in general. Yeah, yeah. In this case, that's 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 mainly my thing now. Like, is it? Yeah. Do I care about the human drama? Well, yeah. You know, the, the characters are conduits of humanity, you know, so like you said, we that's why people relate to them. They see themselves right. or they see something they can relate to. And that's what you did. You know, you you saw, you know, the humanity of Hawkman. It's this person who's doomed to a, a, a kind of torturous cycle of immortality. He is to live and to love and to die. Yeah. And, if, you know, and like, you know, like the comics, he fucks shit up in the meanwhile, because he's, you know, a warrior. But yeah, yeah. But you also got the uh, you got a connection to Kevin Bacon because uh, through Kira Sedgwick, yeah, yeah, that's true. And uh, Hawk, the current Hawkman in the Black Adam movie, uh, it uh, we just did a series with Kevin Bacon as well. So there's that's a hilarious connection as well. The Hawks, man, they got a straight line to the six degrees of the Bacon. And Kevin Bacon yeah. also is known for dancing. There you go. Boom. Hey, you know, there you go. So, well, uh, you know, you'll be happy to know that in uh, Black Adam, uh, Hawkman is the leader of the team, uh, which, which was great. Yeah. And uh, I hear there's a petition to bring back Legends. Yes. In the movie universe or in the show? In the show. The they show. That because uh, James Gunn is now overseeing all DC television and movies and stuff. And and people are like, hey, you know, Legends was fun, you know, bring it, bring, you know, bring our Legends back. And me, I'm like, hey, listen, it's the most comical of the show. I would kill. And I kind of thought I was done with the character and, you know, just the way it all played out. But nope. if James Gunn did Legends or a Hawkman show or something like that, that would be amazing. Absolutely. Uh, Totally. Yeah, fuck. I'm I'm sorry, man. Superheroes are like the Sopranos, man. It's like they're quoting The Godfather. Once they thought I was out, then they pull me back in. So <laughs> there's always another, uh, another. There's always another chance. Plus, your character is immortal, so you, guys, you know you could just quantum leap that right there. Like, shit. All right, I'm back. All right, let's do this. <laughs> and Falk, did you retain um, a costume? No, I wish. That's a oh. that's a really expensive costume. I asked. I wanted that costume so bad. Um, I wanted. I like to keep something, you know, a costume or a prop or something like that. But no, right. I, did, I did get the design, um, the Carter Hall outfit, which oh, ended up being a leather jacket. Um, I we designed something very different uh, that never was used um, that I finally got. But yeah. Yeah, Rich, Rich, they probably let him have one feather <laughs> within their budget. You one, one, maybe two, but what definitely one you can take. And it's just like, what the hell am I supposed to do with this? Make it into a pen? I'm gonna, you know, use it to sign my autographs with. There you go. There you go. Oh, nice. That would have been cool. Whatever. But uh, I, I, I'm good. I don't, Leo. Did you have anything? I feel like we we talked and you did that. Nice, nice, good. 
nice. Okay. Well, I know, well, I know Falk's got his current run, but Falk, what, what's coming up down the line after this project? Got, that you... Um, who knows? Who knows? My life took a turn with the with the pandemic. You know, I I started to offer up uh, trauma release facilitation first through breath work. Uh-huh. I'd always been interested in breath work and had my certification and used it in my life for depression, for eating disorders, for all kinds of nonsense I had to deal with and trauma that I had. And then the pandemic hit and I had just done ayahuasca. I don't know if you're familiar with it. It's a hallucinogenic drug medicine. Uh It's a medicine out of uh, the Amazon. Uh Consciousness expansion, that whole world sort of opened up and Right after that, I just had people show up for this trauma release works up and really, really heavily involved with that. Um, and filmmaking switched to more producing or being involved as a producer as well as an actor. Mm-hmm. And I just now sat, sat down with my management and just sort of wanted to know what's Hollywood doing, where are we at, um, anything out there. I turned 40, I have a kid. So like my cast, everything has changed. My perspective on things, what I want to play, you know, 40 was the age that I was dreaming of when I was in my 20s. When I did Hawkman, I was like, can't wait till I'm 40. Like, every role I ever looked up to was 40 and older. Right. And so I, I almost feel like I'm ready to start my acting career all over again in a way. Um, so who knows? Who knows where I'm, where I could be used and be of service and where there's fun, creative people wanting to play. I'm, I'll be there. You're opening yourself up to the universe and seeing where where yes. it where it diverts you. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Cool. Awesome. And, I'm, I'm I'm glad that you're in a position to do that. That's that's exciting. Thank you. Yeah. I'm I'm grateful for that as well. And we'll look forward to seeing you if Legend gets revived, because then we can be like, we know that guy. We talked yeah. to him. We put hot jams in his mind. And so I think he'd be down for some. Uh, I think he'd be down for some humor. Oh yeah. 100 percent and uh, don't forget to check out swap me baby on tubi yeah or amazon or itunes right yeah, yeah everywhere yeah anyway absolutely leo you got anything for me uh well these guys definitely took all the uh the main questions but what mm-hmm. do you dork out about actually before we get into that you mentioned breath work what's what's breath work there's so much it's like the new apparently one of the like fastest uh you know growing markets in the u.s it's the new yoga i guess you know yoga transcendental meditation yeah that kind of thing and it's a it's it's different ways of breathing just really focused breathing i work with the three-step breath you inhale through the tummy then through the chest and out all through the mouth um in a rhythmic way and it gets you out of your head it gets you into your system into your body into your fascia you're basically stretching your fascia from the inside with breathing. And when you have trauma, especially like chronic stuff that you've been carrying, you adjust your breathing. You know, you'll see somebody will not breathe deep into their chest. Somebody will breathe very labored and not get a lot of oxygen. Like you, everybody should check on the, how they're actually breathing. So then when you put somebody for 45 minutes in this intense rhythm, a lot of oxygen, um, that trauma has a chance to finally be activated and released in a safe way. Um, so that's sort of the foundation of, of, of breath work. 
Wim Hof is one that is very, very known. You know, that's more on the like, get healthier, you know, hold your breath longer that but the spiritual component of breath work is what I've seen people do with breath work. It's insane. You know, it's like years of therapy in a session. You know, that's just what I need. Just do it. I've gone away from doing zooms, but hit me up or come down. Oof. Cool. I'll do a breath work with uh, Hawkman. Yeah. No. How's your Saturday? Oh, good. good. <laughs> you know, the good conversation starter at work, Leo. Uh, I don't know so, what happened. The big guy just started crying. You know. <laughs> they just lost it. Like was watching the Notebook. Man, it got intense. Um, Leo, didn't you ask him what he dorks out about? Yeah. So, so uh, yeah, like, uh, so you you're portrayed a a comic book character. Uh, you said you read some of the comics to get into it. Uh, ha growing up, did you read any comics? Are you reading any comics now? What shows are you watching? That sort of thing. Um, I did grow up with um, a lot of like Japanese anime. Oh, that sweet. I that I don't know. I haven't found it here, but one was called Saber Rider and okay. the Star Sheriffs. Um, and Galaxy Rangers... Is another one. I, I also don't know that it was here. Um, Spider-Man was in there and X-Men. Loved those. Not the physical comic, not the comic books, but the shows. Mm -hmm. um, oh, oh, there's a timer. And he's up. And then, but what do I geek out? I have two things, you know, I'm a nature lover. I'm, so I geek out about horses. I love horses i want to do a movie with horses i would love to do something like yellowstone just put me on a horse hidalgo <laughs> let me do a hidalgo um love that and then if i had if i had extra cash to blow on complete nonsense it would be swords okay i love swords just the high I, oh i had an interview today that i geeked out about it was with uh duncan mcleod um uh, Adrian Paul. Mm -hmm. Leo Leo got really excited. You know the Highlander? Oh yeah, I, dude. Yeah, the uh, um, you said uh, which uh, Duncan McLeod? Uh, yeah, from the show. From Adrian, the TV, the TV one. Yeah, I loved the show. Absolutely yeah, loved it. Well, I, I'm happy to report Adrian is a lovely fella. Yeah. Was also a choreographer dancer. We have a lot of like similarities. It was like, oh, where in London did you do? It was like pineapple. He's like, I was at pineapple. Like, and talking about geeking out, like that sword, that katana. You know, like I, I'm definitely gonna. Oh yeah. Uh, <laughs> oh yeah. Like I would, I would get that. I would try to get the, you know, I, I would try to get like the real museum version of like William Wallace's sword or whatever, whatever I could find and have a whole like room just set up it like in the highlander the movie you know he has the secret room yeah just swords and like relics mm -hmm. from like warrior relics not just well, like lord of the rings relics. swords no i know i'm you know rich i'm seeing him as the conan sword i can just see him just you know with that the, big giant yeah the big giant and conan sword and just you know i put the, that in there. that fits yeah yeah, yeah you know yeah so I, I, that's i would totally geek out about that you have to get a if you're gonna do that, you have to get the battle mace falc. Absolutely. And I would and that's the thing, like the 
the all the Haw Hawkman paraphernalia that was there. I would have loved to have. Wait, wait, yeah. Falk, is your your kid a uh, boy or a girl? Boy, Leo. Uh, okay, because I was gonna say if it was a girl, that would be the greatest. Uh, have a home by nine and be like, just has the mace be like, I I was Hawkman. I know how to use this thing. It's ten o'clock, <laughs> not a minute later. So you know. Yeah, that's uh, that's one of those stories, you know. But yeah, no, you can do the same thing with Liam. You know, just, you know. It's, it's an interesting parenting tool. I never thought of it that way. Hey, trust me, you might want to use it against the boy when he becomes. Grab, a not the belt. Grab the mace. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> the belt or the mace? Which one you choose? Hero's <laughs> hero's decision. You yeah, know. for for my son, he couldn't wait for the day when he was stronger than me. And uh, yeah, now he works out and he, he, he looks like a small football player. It is that or, or a medium sized football player. Cause he's actually taller than me too. He's like six, two. I, that, that is a part of parenthood where I'm like, I don't know how you get ready for that. I hope it's gradual, be, but, to, but to have that yeah. moment where you look it at is gradual and you, and, you, and you have to be gentle and you have to like fake it. Like when they're, as their kids, when he's like six and seven and he's like hitting you with pillows on the bed and stuff like that, mm -hmm. you have to act like he's kicking the crap out of you. I will. I can't wait to act with him. I have this, I have this uh, dream, and this will happen in maybe another half a year. He's getting ready for it. I want to teach him how to like take a hit, like a stuntman, you know, like to take a kick. Oh, great. And so I want to just do like some spin kicks and like have a little fight where I like just beat the shit out of my kid in front of people, and probably get arrested for it <laughs> because my kid is like, yeah, I'm not, you know, I'm I'm continuing the act, Dad. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> No what bruises. Else? No bruises. He did not hit me. No, it was all act. Joke. Whoa, 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 whoa. I don't, I'm not hitting my He's kid. He's lying. He's lying. I didn't actually touch him. He's like, oh, Dad, why'd you kick me in the face? Yeah. <laughs> I, I'm sure your wife is locked out of this room. She's not hearing any of this because she's like, she knows that this is not happening. I started, actually today. I started to, today to, to give him the, you guys know Jean-Claude Van Damme? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Another, another, you know, when I was a kid, a hero of mine. He used to do this kick where he would kick left, right, left, right, and the head would, you know, right, right. that is uh -huh. the specific move I want to practice with my son and then right. reverse when he can finally kick. Just do the same. Listen, fuck, you have to. Not enough work. <laughs> Listen, fuck, you have to realize that it, at least you know you're a better dancer than Van Damme is. Because I remember that one scene where he's dancing and it's yeah, not nice. really dancing, it's like <laughs> fight. Dancing, but he's got and, rhythm, like, dude. and I'm just like, this is the most uncomfortable seduction of, I've ever seen. Yeah, he does the hips and then he jumps. Yeah, down he does. Yeah, he starts like this. He's like, I don't have to do it. It's just like I'm like, I was like, what? Did, what? He sit was a down. Dancer, however, yeah, blood sports. Sit down. You're drunk. Go home. He was right. the one celebrity I, ch I I I was starstruck with. Oh man, doing I, White House down in Montreal. Mm -hmm. And I was at the elevator. I was walking around the corners of the elevator. I'd like been in the hotel for months. So it was like my home. And I mm -hmm. walked down and I walked smack into Jean-Claude Van Damme. It's just him and I waiting for the elevator. And I'm standing there just, you know, nodding, doing that like, hey. And then mm -hmm. I'm just going in my mind running through how I could make contact. How I could like just tell him everything. I, I want to make a fucking TV show with him. And you're awesome. And. And I just froze. It happens to the best. Oh, of the I'm going to the elevator and up and away. It that, 
that would be cool to do a film with him where he just gets to act because I think he's a really underrated, very underrated actor. Yeah. Well, hope, hey, listen, you, you hit 40, man. It's onwards and upwards, right? So that's what I'm hoping. So, you know, you know, Blood Sports 3, New Blood or something. I don't know. You Blood know, the comedy. Yeah, exactly. You know, Blood Sporting. Well, his, his recent stuff is is uh, just hilarious. The John Claude Van Damme, the uh, oh, Van Johnson. Van, oh, Van Johnson. Yeah, yeah. If you look it up and uh, feel free to play it, but we made a fan video for Amazon to vote. Like I made a video about me being a big fan and how like I was pissed and kicked, like kicked my agent in the face when he didn't get me the audition for a show. Uh, it's a short two minute thing and basically it was vote now to get the show made and they made the show it was uh, I, I thought it was really hilarious yeah I, I loved it myself yeah. Yeah. Well, um, there was something else I had in my, my brain just went mush it'll come back yeah. <laughs> Leo, Leo control the breathing yeah where's your breath where's your breath Where's your breath? Uh, my my mine mine is short because it's uh yeah I'm holding in a lot of stuff. <laughs> you are. You uh, let it out. You let it out. Actually, I was gonna ask you know um uh, before we let you go, there's uh obviously this week we uh, lost uh, Kevin Conroy. Did you uh did you watch Batman the animated series uh, when you were growing up? I did not. I did not. It was a huge loss. It, but uh it's like if it's like the batman van damme died that's the best way we could put it it's mm. a huge loss for all of us mm. he was the real highlander mm. yeah. how how um how old was he 66 66 when i was young and they're not saying it but the way they're coming out it might have been cancer so mm. you know but he he did the chadwick bosman he he put on the face for the fans. He made the most of it. He met all these people. Honestly, Falk, I've never heard a bad thing about this person. Mm -hmm. Everybody he met had nothing but good things to say. So that loss is even mm. more, you know, because he yeah. was just such a, a kind hearted person. And he was he loved meeting us the same way we love meeting him. I mean, I've met him. Leo's met him. Uh, Rich has met him. We all had great experiences. So, you know, it's like uh, it's like when the, your favorite uncle dies. You mm. just, just, boom. So. I'm sorry, you yeah. guys. May he rest in peace. Indeed. Absolutely. Indeed. So, uh, thank you so much for your time tonight, Falcon. Seriously, uh, thank, thank you. Gracious thank you and sharing, and we really appreciate it and enjoyed your stories. It was really fun. Thanks for having me on. Of course. Totally. Awesome. And, Whenever uh, you're promoting something else, uh, give us a shout. I will. And then, you know what, Leo, if you want, um, shout out to the listeners. If you are holding a lot in and you're having a hard time because this is not an easy time right now, um, maybe you guys can share the uh, breath of change 2020 at gmail.com. Uh, it's a donation based service. If you're in Oregon, come and see me in person. Also, I have a lot of resources to people that facilitate this in a very affordable manner. Okay. Uh, you just connect people, but uh, yeah, reach out. Will do. Awesome. Yeah, and uh, that email again was breath of change. Breath of change twenty twenty. 
at gmail.com. Okay. We'll make sure we'll add that to the show notes so everyone can check in. Awesome. Thank you so much, Falk. Thank you, Falk. Have a great great evening. Enjoy fatherhood. I will. You too. Get all the swords. Peace out there. Well, that was great. I'm yeah. just glad I could finally not have to worry about glitching and be myself. It was it was really nice. Yeah. What did, what did you do? You got it fixed. It was like instantaneous. Well, well I, I, I just, I'm on my phone. That's why oh. these angles are horrible. Ah. So yeah, I I kind of want to try again with my computer, which has never been a problem. But of course today, um, well, but. So- you said uh, you're on Wi-Fi. Uh, do you have the ability to hardwire on your laptop? Uh, no, I mean not to my knowledge. But well, we gotta go. We gotta go now, and we're in the middle of the show. So yeah, yeah, it's fine. I'll just I'll just do this, and then hopefully next week it's better. Um, so that was great. What a what a wonderful. Um, you know what I liked? He's it, he's a really good listener. You know, like he's really listening to what you have to say he's got a good sense of humor you know um a really nice really nice guy um but now on to the rest of the show so leo give us well uh so these are the items that i have uh let me just pull up here so for those older geeks or dorks out there uh, you'll be happy to know the Adventures of Batman, uh, the animated classics, are getting remastered on Blu-ray. Nice. And uh, I believe that's the 68 series. Wow. So, uh, yeah, this will be uh, cool to see. This is uh, around the time Super Friends, I believe, started, right? Maybe. Maybe. Uh, so, uh, yeah, Warner Brothers Home Entertainment announced the new two-disc Blu-ray set. Cool. Uh, 34 episodes. Of the classic 1960s cartoon, The Adventures of Batman. And uh, there's no release date as of yet that I know of. Um, But yeah. Uh, Constantine Director has, uh, he is requesting or he's saying that uh, there's a mandatory change for the sequel film. And uh, he believes it's what hindered the last movie where uh, I believe it had a rated R. And uh, he's requiring it to be a PG-13 movie. Um, I don't know how I feel about that because Constantine deals with like demons and shit. Like, I feel like a rated R would allow it to be exactly what it should be. But yeah. <sighs> and uh, the other item I have, uh, Zaslov uh, is uh, on record for saying there's not going to be four Batmans. <laughs> okay uh-huh right we, re- we already got two so whatever yeah so uh well we have three you know now three three batman uh 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 yeah. uh after- well, we got keaton back we got keaton back yeah right yeah i'm guessing uh, well, actually no four because he had the one in titans and titans is still going yeah I oh i just caught up on that that's pretty good I, it, it's yeah. the season's starting good i like the supernatural um angle they're going with I need to get caught up on Titans. Hmm. Well, no, the reason he wants to get caught up in Titans is because he now has a favorite pet. I now have a favorite what? I don't know. 
What does she have a favorite, Drew? You have a favorite crush now on Titans. Yeah, but she's not on the show anymore. It doesn't matter. It still counts. Yes, yes. <laughs> so, all right. Can you guys, you guys yeah. can hear me? Yeah. Fucking hell. Whatever. Um, I can hear you. I right. can hear you. All right. So, obviously, we let's acknowledge uh, we did it already with, with Falk. Um, let's just acknowledge the elephant in the room. Um, we lost Kevin Conroy. And, um, yeah, I mean, honestly, yeah. And uh, Leo posted his photo. Rich posted his photo. I, I posted the photo. Yeah, There's so many photos. <laughs> now, um, Leo, was that the first time you interviewed him at um, the predecessor to Rificon at Mohegan Sun? Uh, yes. Yep. Was that and, 2015? Uh, yeah. uh, I believe that was... Yeah, I believe so. Wow, that's or crazy. But around um, there, yeah. It's either 15 or 16. I'm not sure when. I I love that, Leo, me and you were again at the same con. We just did not realize it. Yep. Because that's the, now, I think the uh, same. Yeah. That's cool. Now that year, um, I was also at that con. And um, I met Kevin that night uh, without the makeup on and um, I kind of went up to him and I was like hey Kevin uh, I just want you to know tomorrow I'll be dressed up as a joker and there might be some really loud cackling going on around you so I'm just kind of giving you a heads up you know and, and he goes oh they warned me about you <laughs> And I was like, oh, my God. So he's like, can you give me a sample? I did. And he's like, okay, I'm ready for it now. Thank you. And uh, the next day, we went and took a picture of him. He was super gracious, super nice guy. And I'm looking at the picture, and he looked really genuinely happy. Um, mm -hmm. And uh, then again, in just this past August, when we were all at Terrificon, I was the one recording the JLA panel. And uh, as soon as Leo puts it in my That's shared right. file. I put it in your shared file. Oh, did you finally? Because I thought you only put your interview in the shared file. No, I put the whole panel hey, in there. Hey, hey, all right, all right. It's in there. It's all right, it wasn't in there. Maybe it's in there two now. Files. It's two files. Oh, oh, all right, I'm going to double check. I'll turn let me bitch, Drew. Let me bitch. I'm done. I'll turn this podcast right around, sir. You need to stop that right now. Okay. Um, All right. No, that's a good story. I, I, I have two favorite memories with with Kevin. To be quite honest, my first was well, obviously the one that I posted about meeting him as old old Bruce Wayne. And I was really nervous too, because, you know, I'm dressing as the curb. You know, I really did my best to the voice because it's really important to me. And, you know, I, because it's funny because the, the first time I met him, thank you, Liam. The first time I met him, you know, it was very normal that New York, New York, and I had him sign 
my Batman animated series. He was great. He was a really nice guy. Um, and then I think the second time, no, I'm wrong. The first time I met him was with my friend Lawrence, who uh, was being Batman Beyond for the first time. And we're standing in line waiting. Lines at Comic-Con are just horrendously long. The only line that was longer was meeting Jason David Frank, a.k.a. the original Green Ranger for Power Rangers. Um, and, you know, Kevin's there. He's meeting. We're getting closer and closer. It took us about an hour to get there. Kevin never really... Kevin never felt rushed. He gave everybody time. He gave you... He talked to you. He listened to you. He laughed. He complimented. He, you know, said it was really nice to meet you and everything. He'd sign your stuff. Um, but he saw my friend who was dressed as Terry McGinnis, a.k.a. Batman Beyond, and he looked like he liked that like side, like this. And he was just like, Terry McGinnis. My friend like grabbed my arm with the arm grip. And he was like, can you hold me? I think my legs get up. Get out. And I'm like, I got you. They're going to think certain things about us, but it's fine because we're, we're, we're both. So it's okay. Drew, One bro was, this Larry, was this Larry Green? Fainted. No, this wasn't. Oh, okay. Um, um, no, no, it wasn't. But uh, And we met him and we took the photos and he was so happy. So it's like seeing like someone you care about also making the day. But when I met Kenneth's old Bruce, it was at Terrificon. Um, I don't know that time it was on my connected something, you know, the, the precursor to Terrificon. But I was there. I had Grumpy, Kane. No one really, nobody knew who it was. Nobody really had took my photo. And I was like, lift, because I was like, I've aged my fucking, you know, a son. Um, oh, I, I, I think you should go back on the phone. You're breaking in the voice and everything. God fucking damn it. Motherfucker. <laughs> I was doing so well. I blame you, Leo. Uh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. You and your faulty technology with the laptop and the not you don't blame my tech. Shit's been thumping and banging and clanging and you know what? You there he is. Uh, yeah, there we go. You want to try that story one more time, Drew? It's very simple. I met Kevin Conroy. He was a total gent. And the best compliment that I have is that he told me my old Bruce Wayne impression was very good. And the best memory I have about that was I just wanted a photo of him shaking my hand. <laughs> it's shaking my hand. Thank you, Jibbo. That's exactly what I meant. Um, and I said, can you shake my hand and say the line like you did in the second episode? And I just had him. He looked at me. He grabbed my hand. He looked at me and he said, welcome. <clears throat> welcome to my world. And I was just, I was like, that's it. I'm good. Okay. The rest of the con, I don't care. I'm having a great time. Um, and, you know, honestly, again, it's like I said to Falk. It's like I've said to anybody. I've never heard a bad Kevin Conroy story. But I did do something really dumb 
the day he passed. And it's, it's kind of like, you know, when people take Ipecac to throw up. For me, it was, I wanted to cry about this and I was having a little trouble doing so. I was like, I need to watch something Kevin-y to cry. I was like, what can I work with? There's so many good stuff. And I'm like, I went with the death of Ace. And I'm not, yep, Rich knows and Leo knows. Everybody, I'm sorry. You may have your favorites, but in my mind, the Justice League Unlimited episode, which is kind of like the, called Epilogue, which is the kind of the, the end properly of Batman Beyond, is one of Batman's greatest, most tenderest, most humane moments where he comforts Ace from the Royal Flesh Gang as she is preparing to die. I'm sorry, you, the emotion, the animation, the, like I just started watching it and I was just like, oh, it's coming. Oh, oh, it's coming. And it it did. And yeah, like I'm getting emotional just thinking about it. Oh my God. Drew, I'm, I'm gonna let you get back to it, but I'm, I'm gonna sidebar that by saying, um... The same day, I ended up going into the dispensary, and uh, one of the bud tenders knows me, and he knows that we have the podcast. He knows, you know, I'm into nerd stuff. And he says, "Oh, I'm really sorry for your loss." And he goes, "I don't know a lot about Kevin." He goes, "What could you tell me if it was one thing I wanted to watch?" And I totally mentioned that episode, Drew. So thank you very much. You're welcome. Listen, you gotta you gotta give credit where credits due. I mean, that was. Um... That was all, you know, and that's the best part. That was that was also the work of a of a another dearly departed creator. Uh, that was written by Dwayne McDuffie, who, as mm-hmm. we know, is the, cre- the creator of Static Shock. Absolutely, um, was a big uh, comic book writer. Uh, from he was one of the co- he was one of the big heads of Milestone Comics, which is the first great. black owned black writer, black everything. Yeah, um, and. Comic. He wrote some of the best episodes of the Justice League. He wrote some great Justice League comics. Um, I would have loved to have been, I, honestly, Rich, I would have loved to have been able to meet him. He was, he was McDuffie, yeah, very talented yeah. man, from what I understand. Or, yeah, or exactly. Um, yeah. But so, yeah. So, I, and uh, that's my, that's my uh, Kevin story. Conroy story. And I'm, Honestly, I'm just really grateful to have met him. I, I will say, though, because I do want Leo to talk about his story, because, uh, again, this is not the Rich and Drew show with Leo in the small asterisk at the bottom. I'm just a little sad that I feel future generations of fans like, like, you know, like any kids I have won't get the joy to meet him. But it's like I said in my post will keep his memory living on. So in some way, he doesn't die. Yeah, there's so much stuff that he has that. out there to watch. So mm-hmm. like, Engro- engross yourself in it. Like I just discovered that uh, I had posted about Yoga Hosers. He's in the movie Yoga Hosers, which is a, a Kevin he, Smith movie. He, and uh, he's got a this thing with these two little blonde girls. And my sister chimed in immediately because she's a huge Kevin Smith fan. She goes, uh, that's Kevin's daughter, Haley. And, and Johnny, Depp's, Johnny daughter. Depp's daughter, the other girl. Cool. So I was like, oh, I would have never known that. Yeah. Cool. And, and to know that he had that little part in there, that's pretty cool. Well, did, uh, just real quick, did you see my comment? Yes. I, I did not. No. Yes. 
Uh, hold on. I I thought it was quite humorous. Let me let me pull it up. Uh, uh, and oh, Leo, and Leo, looking at things to pull up. You know, you you can pull up that quick little five minute interview. I mean, it is quick. Yeah. Uh, actually, hold on one second. See, you know, damn it, Falk. Now all I want to do is just do my interview and just hold this sword. <laughs> yeah. Um. Yeah, we'll play this clip real quick. Hey, pack of uh, True North menthol. Those are lights. Like... Sorry about that. You know, girls. You know, girls. That's just not very Canadian. Come on, Robin. Let's get out of here. Uh, so, uh, let's see. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, you said uh, I had no idea this has existed. And I said, uh, this is yoga hosers. There's a good chance no one knew this existed. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah, it's not one of the better Kevin Smith movies, um, in my opinion. I, and I do. I am a big Kevin Smith fan. But that one, I was like, if I never saw it, I would have been fine. Yeah. Um, but, you know, he redeemed it because he came back with Clerks 3. So I'm, I'm, I'm good. Um and uh, segueing to our guest, um, we had the confirmation that Carlos uh, Pacheco passed mm-hmm. away. Uh, and it was interesting that we found that he passed away like two months ago. So I was like, we're celeb- mourning a death that's already passed. I'm like, thanks, Rob Liefeld. Um, but what a sad loss there. I mean, I mean, uh, it was, I was talking to a friend of mine about this. It's just been a rough year for comics, man. I mean, we lost some greats this year, you know. And um, I mean, I was just thinking about it. And I even saw that Alan Moore had posted a tribute to Kevin O'Neill. I mean, you know, they worked together a lot the last, I would say, uh, like 10 or so years through their League of Extraordinary Gentlemen work. And I was just like, man, you know. It just it just sucks because you realize eventually all the greats will pass because it's just humanity, you know. But it still doesn't make it any easier, you know. Absolutely, and uh, you know, from talking to a lot of the guys we uh, we've interviewed over the years or over the last two years, some of the guys at age that aren't as popular with DC or Marvel anymore, they've found their own ways and their own things. And- yeah. And uh, and Leo, so uh, you you had your interview. Uh, tell us about even getting the interview. Uh, yeah. It was extremely extremely easy. Um, well, there you go. Yeah, no, uh, I he he is he was such a a kind person. Um, I waited in line to uh, to uh, meet him. Uh, I got a uh, I think I got a autograph with a picture or just a picture um and then after i got that i said hey uh you know i I run a show um would you mind if we have an interview later and he agreed and uh you know when i came back um you know he only had a couple people in line and as you can see he you know he stayed with me for like five minutes right Uh, even with people you know lining up to see him and it was um just to take that time 
you know, and, and just to, you know, it, it was just amazing, you know, just nor sometimes you get, you know, some celebrities are, are, you can see they get a little antsy or a little, you know, uh, upset with you that you're taking your time, but him, he was nice the whole way through, but we're, we're going to play this. I apologize. I was totally green. This is probably, I think this was the first year I was really doing interviews. Um, but here we go. Here at Connecticut Comic-Con with Kevin Conroy. Yeah. Good, to, good to be here. Yes. So you are Batman to all of us. I, I, it's, I love the show growing up. I love the video games. What was the best thing about recording this? Well, it, it was so interesting. You know, I kind of stumbled into it 23 years ago. I just auditioned for a job and then one show led to the next and then led to the next and led to the next. You never know what something's going to evolve into, you know, how a show, a job is going to last. And this one lasted 23 years and it became a part of so many people's childhoods, you know, and and just being the actor who supplied the voice, I get associated with the character. So it's amazing privilege to be associated with this whole endeavor because, you know, Bruce Tim, Paul Dini, Andrea Romano, the producer, Alan Burnett, everyone involved, the music by Shirley Walker, everyone involved were just like the A-team in Hollywood. And everyone was throwing in 100% of their effort. And the result is this beautiful artwork that's lasted 23 years. If you see those shows from the original show, uh, they still look fresh, like they were just made. You still get chills watching them. Um, and then Batman the Animated Series became the adventures of Batman and Robin, and that became the Justice League, and that became Batman Beyond, and now it's the Arkham games, you know? So it's just been one evolution after another. Um, and to be an actor and be associated with that kind of anthology, that kind of body of work, is such a privilege. And it just doesn't happen very often. Now, the games, so the TV show, you have a set script. And the games, you know, you have all these different interactions. How much longer does it take you to record a game as oh. opposed to the show? It's like a different job. Doing the shows, they try to do it with everyone in the, the recording studio together. So it's done like a radio play. And you have the other actors to bounce off of. And actors feed each other energy. You're better, the better the other actors are. Um, good actors love to work with other good actors because they make you work better. And so you get energy from other people. Um, get, and so in a, uh, two, a, uh, a half hour show takes about two hours to record. And that's it. A game like Arkham Knight, the most recent game, has 34,000 lines of dialogue in it. Um, it took two years to record. And you have to record them separately, each line, each character. So they book me four-hour blocks alone in a booth, just doing line after 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 line. And then they say, okay, now try that with a little more anger. Try that with a little more irony. Can you keep the irony and give us a little humor? You know, it's just, it just goes on. It's endless. By the end of four hours, you sort of forget how to speak English. And that went on for two years. It took two years to build that game. Those games are amazing. They're amazing. The results is amazing. But the process of actually creating them is very difficult. It's much harder than just acting in a show. Now, what do you have in your queue right now? What are you working on? I'm working on a new series that I'm about halfway through for Warner Brothers. 
they haven't announced it yet, so I can't actually say anything yet. Um, they're probably going to announce it at the end of the summer. Okay. Yeah, a lot of our viewers probably already know what that is. Mark Hamill's already been uh, rumored for a uh, no, 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 a no, 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 Mark's not in this one. Oh, really? This is something else. Okay. Oh. It's, um, it hasn't been any mentions of it at all. Oh, wow. Okay. Totally different from what we've heard already. And 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 from what you're referring to, I have not been approached to of yet. That so I don't know whether I'm going to be in that or not. I know a lot of the forums, a lot of people are asking if you Everyone's are. asking. Um, I, I don't know. I haven't been asked by the studio. And I'm not even sure Mark has been asked because he hasn't told me. And I don't believe anything I believe on the Internet. So uh, I don't believe anything I hear on the Internet. So um, I don't know. I just don't know. But I know I haven't been asked yet. Well, if a certain project was to happen and Mark Hamill and you. That oh, would be, it'd be awesome. Yes, it, it should happen. It would be great because it's the classic. Yes. But hasn't happened yet. Well, I hope it does, and I know a lot of our viewers hope so. Thank you. I want to thank you so much for taking your time today. Sure. You have a most excellent day, sir. Thank Good. you. Good meeting you. Take care. Bye. That was great. That that got me a little emotional. I'm not gonna lie. Absolutely. Bye. You know, and um, when we we just had uh, filmed him, like I said, at Terrificon this past summer, um, back in August, <laughs> and I remember during the panel, he's telling a story that um you know and again he just talked about on that you have two hours to do this thing and the the head of production kept yelling at kevin because kevin kept laughing <laughs> and he's like it's not my fault it's mark mark's sitting here like this smiling at me just enjoying the whole production and making me crack up there you go and um which reminded me, you know, they all, Mark, Tara, um, and even yet today I saw on TikTok, Rob Paulson, they all did these beautiful, beautiful tributes to Kevin. And uh, it really shows to, not only was the guy a tremendous talent, but um, he was obviously a really good man and uh, beloved by not just the fans, by the people behind the scenes as well. Oh, yeah, totally. And it's just... Yeah, it was just uh, Leo. You were so green, but it was hilarious. Yep. But um, I I have to tell you, after I did that interview, like I had a dream we had him on the show, and I I thought after that point, like, holy crap! I I we would really be at the point where we made it when we had Kevin Conroy on the show, and obviously that. Unfortunately, it will never happen. But you know that was, uh, you know, it was fun to dream, Leo. It, it was, it was, it was. But maybe one day we can achieve a different level of success, and we can have Mark Hamill on the show. Awesome. In which, I'm sorry, Rich's hair would just turn white. You know, and and me, I would just be like, I'm like, huh? uh, you are, we're on the Splash, Splash, um, yeah, it's like Skywalker I, show. I, we're not um, worthy. We're not worthy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I would just be a like, lot of that. I forgot how to speak English. I'm sorry. Hi. <laughs> yeah, I would just sound like I was a Jawa. Um, um, 
Absolutely. No, so. I remember. No, the one thing I regret. I remember I was watching an episode of because you know Will Fredell has a has a podcast where him and and, and Christy Romano, um, they talked like voice actors and and, and whatnot. Mm-hmm. And Kevin was on the show and he was talking about it and he was talking about this this idea where it would be great if he, if they did him and Mark did a project where Kevin was the villain and Mark was the hero. Oh, nice. And I was just like, yo, that would have been so cool. Cause you know, it's cause again, you know, you always think of Kevin as Batman and, and Mark as the, as the Joker. But I was like, Oh my God, can you imagine if like the roles were reversed? I was like, that would be so Incredible. fucking cool. Cause they play so well off each other. So Absolutely. regardless, it would be a great performance. Absolutely. And it, um, and it was also funny because I remember I was talking to a friend of mine recently and we were talking about like like people who we never see at a convention, like if they were at a con, outside a con, we would drive to go there. And and I was like, I know too, because we were talking about Batman because, you know, we were talking about Kevin Conroy. I was like, no, there are three people automatically. Mark Hamill, Paul Dini, and Rich, this one, I know you would join me on this one. Arlene Sorkin. The original Harley Quinn. Oh, yeah. If she was at a con, I would just be like, please sign these. Yeah, that was actually, um, if if we got lucky enough to get near Tara Strong on Rhode Island, that was my question. Did Tara study Arlene's performance? Yes or no? And do you guys have a relationship to this day? Listen, I got to say this. I, I, now I have this just idea of, of the characters who voice the same characters going to brunch. So now I'm just going to keep pushing character brunches. <laughs> you know, Arlene and Tara have a Harley brunch. Exactly. You know, why not? You know, brunch is delicious and it should be enjoyed by comparing notes with people you respect and care about. So there you go. Um, but we were talking about uh, Carlos Pacheco. Um, well, so- but- before we move on to that, I just want to say real quick, uh, Kevin Conroy still has two upcoming projects. Oh, wow. Uh, really? So really? Relatively Super is a TV movie. Um, so uh, I... It so he's, he's live action acting? That's what it looks like. Um, okay. And then the other one, um, he hopefully his lines are uh, recorded already. But he's slated to play Thomas Wayne in Batman Caped Crusader. Oh, wow. That's cool. Very cool. I'm certainly yeah. look forward to that. Totally. Yeah. And uh, Drew, please continue. Oh, no, it's fine. I'm just saying Carlos Pacheco, uh, who's a stellar artist. I actually got to meet him uh, once. Uh, he was at, I think he was at like New York or something. And... I was very excited because uh, he did. Um, well, he did work on the book that we 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 read, uh, and we're gonna kind of give our two cents as we normally do this week. Um, but he also did work, I believe, on Final Crisis, the Grant Morrison story with J.G. Uh, Jones. Uh, Carlos helped come in uh, issues, I think, four to six, to help with some of the artwork. And um, 
I feel like there was something else. I think he did like Age of Ultron or something like that. It's either him or Aaron Peterson. I don't know. But he was very cool. He was very nice. Uh, very pleasant man. I remember him being particularly chatty, but it's, again, compared to me, everybody's quiet. Um, but he was a really pleasant man, and um, he was so talented. I mean, I'm rereading this. I was reminded of that. I'm reading another book of his that I think we definitely need to add to our our list of, of um, books to read, Aerosmith, uh, which he did with uh, Kurt Busiek. Okay. Um, it's a great book. It's uh, essentially, and I, Rich, I, I know we, when we brought it up, it was either this or that. Um, it's definitely really interesting because it's essentially an alternate timeline of the world in World War One, where magic is a thing and World War One is being fought with like magical creatures and magic and vampires and dragons. Like, it sounds cool. honestly, I have some trouble with fantasy settings, but I'm really enjoying this. So. I like a lot of Kurt's work, so... Oh, yeah, Kurt's... Um, I'll be honest, Drew. Um, I, I had heard that um, Carlos had passed. I didn't know a lot of Carlos's work. I had heard his name over the years. Right. But I started researching and looking at his different stuff. And even in the book, certainly in the book we read uh, over the last couple of days, I mean, his shit is stellar and on point, sharp. Oh, he's a great artist. I mean, he, he, he really... His detail was fantastic. Um... Clearly, it's a loss to the artistic community. It really is. And then, so this, you know, I I mean, honestly, I am so glad. I, I love when we get to go back to the Ultimate Universe. Big fan still. Um, and it's funny because before you got on, Rich, I was talking to Leo about, about some of, of the story. And uh, Leo is still very new to the Ultimate Universe. Yeah. So, which is fine, Leo. That's why it's there. So you can learn. Um <laughs> He was asking me questions. So um, I guess, should I introduce the book and then we can talk about it? Absolutely. All right. Well, well um, before you do, uh, let me just give the, the specs on it real quick. Uh, yep. It's written by uh, Mark Millar, penciled by Carlos Pacheco. Inker mm -hmm. was Danny Mickey. Colors was Justin Ponser. And uh, the letterer was Corey Petit. Yep. Yeah, editor at the time was uh, Lauren Sankovich and Mark uh, Panitia. Mm -hmm. This came out in uh, August of 2009 and was six issues uh, yeah. for the story that we're covering today. Yes, sir. And uh, the uh, solicit synopsis, uh, guess who's back? That's right, kids. Uh, Mark Millar, the Ultimates, uh, Wolverine, Old Man Logan, and Superstar, uh, Carlos Pacheco. Last into the ultimate universe for a mind-blowing, heart-pounding, and gut-wrenching event of epic proportions. Uh, when a highly classified secret threatens Captain America, only newly returned Nick Fury has the tools to bring him in as the first of a series of blockbuster arcs begins. Project Avengers is a go. Go for it, Drew. Yeah, so um, thank you, Leo. That was great. And back to the station. Uh, so essentially, what this book is, is it takes place uh, a little time after the, that, at that time, big mega event, but yet now heavily criticized event called Ultimatum, um, where a huge chunk of the Ultimate Universe died. Um, and so where this is kind of following that. 
So essentially, um, Nick Fury has been off planet, hell, actually off universe for a while, <laughs> comes back to find that uh, essentially he's out of a job. Um, uh, S.H.I.E.L.D. is being rebuilt. Uh, the Ultimates are a little different. And uh, Carol Danvers, the person we know as Captain America, um, not Captain America, Captain uh, Marvel. Marvel, thank you. Sorry, wrong. I, sorry, I saw the cat. Um, is essentially running his job, and she basically wants nothing to do with him. Um, but of course, Nick Fury is way too valuable an asset, so he's given a different job. Um, Black Ops. Yes, Black Ops, which actually, considering the curmudgeon that Nick Fury is, um, it's actually perfect for him. So he finds out that their target is the is an old, formerly retired, still infamous terrorist that we know as the Red Skull, has resurfaced and has basically stolen the secret project of a Mr. Fantastic from the Baxter building and most likely threatens the world. And on top of it, well, Captain America is a wall again. So yes, let's not forget that what he stole was the cosmic cube, which yeah. is big. which which is funny enough because it's actually a blueprint for the cosmic cube. The cosmic cube actually shows up in a different storyline, um, in a fanta ultimate Fantastic Four storyline. So it's like almost I think Reed rebuilt the cosmic cube, either that or stole it. But this story deals with the Red Skull and Nick Fury putting together his new team. He's no longer with the Ultimates. So these are the Avengers. Uh, these are Avengers unlike anything we've ever seen. And that's one of the many things that's great about the Ultimate Universe is, again, is not afraid to take it in different directions. And we even meet some new characters in this. Uh, some of the new characters being we meet uh, Gregory Stark, Tony Stark's smarter more deplorable and amoral brother. We also meet Monica Chang, the new Black Widow, who also happens to be Nick Fury's ex-wife. Yeah, someone got married to him. I can't believe it either. And then a couple of other great characters too. Some new faces, some old faces. This book has it all. And honestly, I'm so glad I got to review it. So obviously I'm a big fan, but what did you guys think? Well, uh, before we get into that, just uh, real quick, uh, confirmed before She-Hulk, uh, oh. they did confirm that Captain America does indeed fuck. <laughs> oh, yes. Oh, yeah. Oh, he, not, he didn't just fuck, he fucked old-timey fuck, which means, like, there was definitely no condom on. So that, that man just is bareback ambitions. But moving on, please. Um because I'm already laying down, which means I, I could fall asleep in any second. Um, what, what are your thoughts, Velvet? Yeah. Well, Velvet. First of all, this cap is cocky, but he he seems to be able to back it up. Oh, he backs it up. He kicks everyone's ass. Oh, he backs it up, my man. Um, and um, I I like uh, Hawkeye in this very much. I like Clint mm -hmm. Barton, Agent Barton. Oh yeah. Um, and. Oh, this is amazing! The uh, where he goes through the training of. Well, we we learn. I mean, should I, should I ruin it at this point? Um, I mean, it. Okay, Rich, how about this? We, you can either do one or the other. You can either explain who the Red Skull is in the Ultimate Universe, or 
we could talk about the ending. Personally, I think preserving the twist ending is a little better. All right, well, we'll wait. But yeah, so do you want to do you want to basically spill the beans on the relationship that Red Skull has in this universe to Captain America? Yeah, it turns out that um, it's Steve Rogers' son. And uh, when they find out that, um, I'm sorry, when when Steve gets frozen or they think he's dead, they approach the woman that has the baby and was like, hey, uh, we, we need to have this. This is the next possibility. He's got super soldier serum inside of him. Literally. So they take him, they train him, and uh, and and things happen, and he eventually becomes the Red Skull. Oh yeah, and how he does it is fucking nuts. Yeah, so um, definitely worth reading just to watch those couple of pages. And and again, I, I just love the scope of the Ultimate Universe here. I mean, we're taking it in directions that the comp, the, the mainstream comics just couldn't, and it's just so great to see because it really does. It really just showed the potential of this world. And, and also it showcases why the Ultimate Universe was really so popular, you know? Um, you know, and again, it's also just another testament is that when you have the right creators together, a story can just literally leap off of the page. But um, Leo, what do you think? I loved it. it it's... Uh... It was definitely a different story than uh, I'm used to, you know, from the previous like, you know, Avengers books, the the older books that we've read. This year was a lot more action oriented. Um, Mm. The story was was great, but it wasn't like, you know, books and books of text like, you know, some of the uh, the previous ones. Uh, Very unique, like the nerdy Hulk. I thought that was uh, that was pretty cool. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, it, it was just it was a lot of fun. I mean, Mark Millar just really does know what he's doing. I mean, you you can say what you want about his converse, uh, controversial status and things and the subjects he writes about and the cursing and whatnot and his proclivity for and his correction, his love of violence or are all these things that his critics love to bring up. But the man tells a really good fucking story, and the Ultimates is is one of his best. You know. Um, like when he decided to come back to the Ultimates, I mean, what a collective nerd side. I mean, and he stuck for literally four, like essentially Leo Rich. I don't think you guys know this, but when after Ultimatum, they relaunched the Ultimate Universe. So you had Brian Michael Bendis was still there for Ultimate Spider Man. You had a completely new person, I believe it was Nick Spencer for Ultimate X Men, but then they had two ultimates you had jeff Loeb was still doing the new ultimates which was the ultimates team as it was now following ultimatum and then they had ultimate avengers and you had mark millar coming back and mark millar confirmed that this was all based on stuff that he didn't get to do when him and brian hitch were doing um ultimates both one and two he said he wrote like five years worth of of storylines that you know of course got condensed into 26 issues ultimates one ultimates two but he right. said like all this was stuff that he didn't get to do nice. and it's just crazy um the scope 
And what I also love is that everybody gets their time to shine, you know? Everybody gets their moments. Um, and I mean, I got to say, the most tragic character, I think, in this whole book is the Red Wasp. Yeah, you know? and, and it gave me a feeling of, like, the Dark Avengers. A little bit. Well, because the this these are, yeah, no, totally, Rich. Because these are, these aren't, like, these aren't, these guys are even darker than the Ultimates. Right. You know, and the Ultimates were fairly dark, I'm not going to lie. Yeah, um, but the Red Wasp especially, I mean, she was, for those who are follow the Ultimates uh, timeline, she was part of the Liberators, which were the big bad guys on Ultimates 2. She was the Insect Queen, which was their version of the Wasp. And we all thought she died, but she she didn't die. She got rebuilt. She got basically forced to work for her enemies. And then we find out this tragic backstory, which is a connection to the skull. Like, I mean, I'm sorry, besides what the Red Skull did to earn his name, um, her storyline really stuck with me because of the whole fucking violent it was. Um, which Marvel Arts is not shy from it. Um, and I will say this also, speaking of Rich, being a Hawkeye, that Hawkeye cap collaboration near the end mm -hmm. against the Red Skull, I was like, yo. I mean, you got to give credit to Mark Millar. He knows how to have his scenes with just like movie style quotes. Oh, yeah. You know, it's got that like nice cinematic crispness. Like, I don't miss. I'm like, yo. <laughs> um, no, but the, the stuff was definitely big. And they followed... Mark Millar followed this up. We had Ultimates, he had Ultimate Avengers one, then mm -hmm. two, then three, and then there was a uh, kind of like the culmination end, the big battle. Um, and they all had different themes. Like the first one was the Red Skull, the second one was Ghost Rider, the third one was Vampires, the fourth one was Ultimates versus Avengers. Now, do we get to see eventually, Drew? Um, is there a the, the, do the Stark brothers have a battle? Oh, one hundred percent. What is that? What does that fall in? What? Uh, I think. Well, I mean, you see more. You see the occasional interaction. I mean, Tony is not thrilled to see Gregory, and as you saw, Gregory hates him. Mm -hmm. um, it really you see more of the Gregory, uh, like the 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 battle of Starks in the in the Avengers versus uh, New Ultimates. Okay. Um, which, I mean, it's all Mark Millar and um, drawn by uh, a collaboration of Leno Francis Yu and Steven Segovia. So the artwork is just amazing. Um, yeah. So we definitely see that. And Leo, you asked me, um, the spider, the, the person we saw in the Spider-Man <laughs> costume. Yeah, that's not Peter Parker. Yeah. Okay. That's not Peter, but that is that is not Peter Parker, but it is something completely else. And you do find out later on who and what it is. So that's totally different than the ultimate Spider-Man. Yes, sir. Story. Okay. Because oh, I, yeah, I didn't realize that. Uh, okay. I thought yeah. that I just assumed that was Ultimate Spider-Man. It had been no, so that was I was like, oh, was he that cocky and as Ultimate Spider-Man? I go, oh, all right. No, I, I don't remember. Nope. That is an evil spider. Okay. That is an evil spider. But, um, I mean, again, Carlos is, I mean, you, again, I just think that 
the sign of a great artist. It just, it looks so effortless. Like Carlos's artwork was just effortless. I mean, it didn't matter the detail, the smoothness, the expression. I mean, just gorgeous. You know, it's been a while since I've seen an artist express Cap like that because, you know, Cap is a badass and he is capable of kicking some serious fucking ass of like people that are way higher powered than him. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. And that's not the first time ultimate cap has gone AWOL, you know? Um, so it was just so, so crazy. Um, and it's so funny because, you know, Tony Stark doesn't really play much in this, but I always somehow thought that whole scene where Carol Danvers is yelling at him and he's in like this weird sex club playing chess with look to be extremely pricey call girls. And um, I was just like, this is so Tony. Like, it's so oddly Tony, but I think the line always stuck with me is, oh, trust me, the hangover tomorrow will be my personal apocalypse. I was like, says every person in their 30s after they drink. <laughs> no, it was, it, honestly, there's really not much more to say. I mean, it's a great book. It's a nice, it's a nice return to face after the ridiculousness that ultimatum left. And um, I don't know, it just kind of, again, reminded me of why I fell in love with the Ultimate Universe. It was a modern reimagining of the Marvel world. And it just, there was so much potential with good stories. And just when you see that potential realized, it's just good goddamn storytelling. So that's just... Uh, I think it's uh, four and a half Red Skulls throwing babies out the window. Yeah, it's just fucked up. Oh, that was. That's fucked. You are a mean person. I I was gonna say, I for me it's definitely four and a half nerd hulks. You know, um, come on, Leo, come to the dark side. Nerd nerd Hulk yelling at at Red Skulls. Come on, Leo, come to the dark side. Throwing babies out the window. Leo, Leo, pick another reference in the book, please. Uh, four and a half uh, faces being cut off by hand. You are a sick fuck. <laughs> I went with, I, you know what? You both, you're both, you're both demented as hell. Um, <laughs> but, the, but the one thing that I will say, and I'm not going to spoil it for our, our readers if they do want to read it, the ending is literally one of the best. Like, what a fucked up. What a twist and bolt. No. And then what I love about it is the book feels like it has an after credits ending because the book ends and then you have the meeting, the meeting in the warehouse, you know, um, babies at the window. So so, hold on, just back up a second. Just not only is it a baby out the window, it's they forced the, uh, the mother to kill the husband. Yes. Yes. And then they would kill the baby and then kill the baby anyway. Yeah. How fucked up is that? He's it's the red, red skull. skull, man. I mean, come on. The ultimate red skull killed Kennedy just to show them he wasn't taking Oh, over. yeah. that I totally forgot about that scene. That was fucking and, and very realistic. Yep. Oh, very yeah. cool. I mean, but, you know, again, just Millar's dialogue. He just pl- he knows how to weave things in so well. He's always been good with that. But, um. Yeah, and I'm telling you guys, if you guys really like that, you should read 
between the next the the other ones they were just as good because it's all Malar, but it's just different collaborators um yeah because all the avengers are Malar, or he did different mm-hmm. books no no all well yeah he did different books but all the ultimate avengers stuff is all mark Malar, and it's the this one was carlos pacheco the second one was Lenel Yu. That's the one with the Avengers dealing with Ghost Rider, which is a fuck story. Um, the third one was him with Steve Dillon dealing with the Avengers versus a vampire invasion. Um, which, funny enough, happened around the time that Marvel um, was dealing with vampires and the X-Men. And I seem to recall like Mark Millar raising a bit of a stink about that. Um, and then the last one was um, again Lenel Yu with Steven Segovia, uh, which was the the Ultimates versus the Avengers. It was kind of the culmination of of everything he'd been laying out the last three series, and it it's fucking intense. Um, nice. Yeah, no, it's it's guys. If you really do enjoy it, I really do recommend you read more. Um, but yeah, that ending, I mean, it just reminds you that you do not fuck with the ultimate Nick Fury. Because the dude is motherfucking ruthless. Because like the ending, because that, that there's like the ending of the book, which you have to read to understand. And then you have like the, the end credits. The meeting between him and Fury and Gregory mm-hmm. in, the, in the shield warehouse. I was like, dude. Right. Um, and, well, like you said, that's uh, there's all that could be said about that as we hit the two hour mark. Yeah, oh, exactly. <laughs> well, uh, we, we should wrap it on that. Note. Uh, I want to thank everybody for watching this fine evening. Uh, you know, definitely, you know, if just check out Ultimate Avengers. Uh, I'm Leo, I'm the monkey behind the keyboard here, and uh, you know, just uh, just Google me, check out the dorkening, head on over to the dorkening.com. You can find all the latest episodes of everybody right there. And uh, yeah, uh, RIP Kevin Conroy. Uh, Velvet Joker. Good evening. And it is I, the Velvet Joker. Good night, J-Bo. Um, But really, uh, if you guys want to reach out to me, uh, Facebook, I'm Rich Davis. Uh, Instagram, Velvet Joker 2021. TikTok, Velvet Joker 1. And uh, you guys are on tiktok and you kind of like that interview that you just saw with leo i uh added a couple of things uh cut out a little things and uh you know check it out on tiktok give it a like and i checked those two files are there it's the jla um panel panel. so that means if you're gonna be a tiktok i'll be oh that jla panel is gonna take me a while yeah it's just gonna i'm just gonna take the kevin conroy parts and um, well i'm sorry to everyone else but it's gonna go that he there's a good thing in the beginning uh so two files first one is like the very beginning uh and it has a kevin conroy doing a batman uh yeah check it out mr yeah. drew wake up wake up oh i'm sorry oh i woke up to say goodbye 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 <laughs> ghostbuster man 1984 i hate you all <laughs> we'll catch you guys later Check them out on Scream Rant. I hate you both. Go to sleep. Go to sleep. It won't let me rest. <laughs>